Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9 Eagle, 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh, Stephanie Bell out today. Producer Hannah in with us, correct? <laughs> correct Amundo. <laughs> Brian Howsworth here as well today. Hey, we've got a co-host in, our guest co-host today. None other than Jefferson City State Representative Dave Griffith. Dave, thanks for getting up early with the Wake Up Boy, crew. it is oh dark 30 out there, isn't it? Yes, sir. Can confirm, <laughs> yes. Just yes. check that. Good morning, Hannah. How are you doing this morning? I am doing all right. Glad well, to be here. Well, Dave, talk to us a little bit about, uh, you and I were talking off air, not to leave anybody out of the loop as we start our morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, but talking about you, your service as Army Special Forces, as a Green Beret and all, and watching the conflict in the Mideast, and I'm sure you, you folks, as we used to call them, the snake eaters, have a little, little bit different take on this than the average person in the, in the public and what they used to teach us about. They called it back in the day, Mount military operations in urban terrain and that's what the israelis have jumped right in the middle of in gaza haven't they that's exactly right and uh i think the the training that goes into it especially special forces the seals and uh special ops that that are there there um i think that a lot of us uh, that has kind of kind of thought maybe that was going on uh, we sent some people over there especially after those uh, the kidnappings happened to try and and figure out i think one of the frustrating things that uh, for me was that the um, the Biden administration made made it very clear that we were sending uh, Navy SEALs over there? When you're having a covert operation, the whole part of it is covert. That uh, you're not announcing that you're going to be anywhere, that you're doing something, and that leads to success. Uh, if you go counter to that, then that can cost lives, and um, a lot of our troops lose lose faith in in leadership because uh, they feel like that what they've done and what they're doing uh, is for the good of the country and especially for for the good of our for those, uh, those 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 people that were uh, taken prisoner, um, so yeah, um, urban warfare uh, is sketchy at best because uh, you really don't know what's around the next corner, and um, but that's why we train for that, and that's why um, we've been so successful on. Well, and the Israelis are no slouches in that department either, are they? No, they're not. They um, they've got some of the best trained and. Um, you talk about covert. I mean, they are, they, they're totally under the radar. I mean, there's not a lot that's known about them and the, the training that they have. Um, I think with, uh, with the Navy SEALs and special forces that, um, there've been a number of movies that are made and a lot of books that have been written that, um, people kind of pull, pull back the curtain so we can, they can see what goes on here. Uh, when it comes to the Israelis, uh, not so much. Yeah, it is one of those sorts of things too. And I know, uh, Another thing out there, we've seen so many pro-Palestinian protests in the big cities, on the college campuses and all, and you just sort of step back and go, and who's, who's teaching these college students and who's giving them the, the big picture on this? Because, you know, for the vast majority of these folks are just either uninformed or off base or both. I think they're just totally uninformed. I think and that's, this is one of the things as far as our education goes, as far as teaching kids history about why why this is going on right now, what happened before and, and going back to the Six-Day War and 
there's so much of that that I, I have doubts that they even know uh, about the Six-Day War. And they are led um, and getting fired up by a lot of um, uh, militant groups. I call them militant, maybe they're not, but um, by people that uh, have got a vested interest in, in Palestine. Uh, and and they um, these kids are so well, easily led. Um, and that's why I think it's uh, our education system. If they would teach our kids how to think and teach them how to think on their own and not be so swayed by uh, either public opinion or by that of their professors and uh, the leaders that they've got that are in, on those campuses, um, that's, that, that would be my hope. State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Uh, Representative John, thank you. John, uh, great job hosting this morning. Representative, uh, I know that you are uh, the two leaders in the two respective chambers in the legislature, Senator Rowden across the rotunda in the Senate and Speaker Plocker in your chamber in the House, both issued statements, um, obviously in support of Israel after that. And the governor, uh, well, acting Governor Kehoe through, through Governor Parson ordered the Capitol Dome to be lit white and blue. I took a picture down there that night. Um, was there? Did you hear much feedback from any colleagues about the the statement from the speaker and the pro tem? I really didn't hear too much after it. No, they um, actually they reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they reached out to all of my colleagues and asked if we would sign if we sign on to that letter. Of course, I I agreed to that uh, instantly, and I know a lot of my colleagues did as well. Uh, uh, we are so we are completely behind Israel and what's going on, um, and I think that uh, it's good for us to have a United Voice uh, as the state of Missouri. Uh, with both chambers uh, signing on to that, as well as the uh, lieutenant governor, uh, our governor at that time, and I'm sure that Governor Parson would uh, would would also um, sign on to that as well. So I think that it's, uh, I think it's good on our part that we're showing that we are unified in that in that stance. And if I could just follow up very quickly, were there any colleagues either in the House or Senate that you're aware of that did not or chose not to sign this uh, this essentially resolution statement, et cetera? Not that I know of, Brian. I, I didn't hear of any, not, not a single one. Okay. Very good. Thank I, you. That really, I think, goes on both sides of the aisle. Sure. I don't think that uh, my, my Democrat colleagues, I think that they're solidly behind it as well. State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Griff, can we talk about some of your veterans' priorities? No secret that you've been to American Legion's giving you a big pat on the back, we know again. And veterans' issues are unfortunately in this day and age not just on the federal level but even in the state sometimes a tough sell aren't they well they are i'm not sure it's a really tough sell i think it's what it is uh, trying to get things across the finish line in the senate has been an issue for us the last two years and uh we did get some bills uh veteran bills passed this year last year we did not, not get one single veteran bill passed because of what happened uh in the senate on the in the during the last week but the veteran suicide bill i think probably is my priority um we hear all heard the hashtag 22 as being the number of veterans uh, that commit suicide every day. Hashtag 22 plus two is actually an M plus two are the number of active duty military that commit suicide. Uh, unfortunately, John, that number is, uh, has gone up. Um, after, during COVID, it went to 25 and 28. Uh, heard some, um, reports here recently that that number could be as high as 30. And the numbers that, that we're hearing there are, those are, those are lives. Those are uh, real lives that are being lost. And they're being lost because there's not a lot of communication that's going on, a lot of frustration that many of these have. Um, we've seen it here in our own community um, with uh, with suicide of veterans. And 
when it starts to hit home um, in your own hometown, then I think you kind of raise it up and you look and you see, what can we do? And the bill that I've got really pushes the Missouri Veterans Commission to start collecting data and to look at best practices around the country as to things that can be done. Um, I truly think that a lot of it, this is only my opinion, but I think a lot of it can happen right at separation. When a, when a soldier, um, when a service person is being released from uh, their service, um, for many of them, all they're thinking about during that last six months is, I want to get out of here. I want to go home. I want to get, get back to my life. Um, and so a lot of the classes they go through and a lot of the yellow ribbon stuff they go through at all, that's just all procedure that they have to do. And I feel, I truly feel it needs to be an in-depth, especially if you've been outside the wire, you've been, um, in combat and you have faced and your life has been on the line. Um, I can tell you, John, your life changes when that happens. It, uh, you, you look at life and you look at, uh, what your mission is in a whole different, uh, through a different lens. And when you are released uh, back into civilian life, that mission that you had is gone. You knew when you were when you were in service, you were going to. This is what I'm supposed to do. And you're being told what to do. And when you get out, many of that uh, that, that same functions are, are gone. And I think that we could do a better job um, when when we are releasing someone if we know what they've been through, of having a talk with them and finding out do you have PTSD. But so often. This happens when they, when they're in the service. So often they don't want to go to somebody and say, you know, I've been having these thoughts and, uh, you get labeled when sure. that happens. You get red flagged. And then, and then you're, you're sunk. If you want to, if you want to do anything else, you want to go back in. If you get out because you had a bad experience, um, and you kind of, you got your, your life together and you really want to go back in. Well, you can't because they, like you said, they've red flagged you. So, um, I think there's a lot of things that we can that we could do, but we need to have a, a more in-depth conversation about it. Uh, not only on the, for the on the civilian side of it here, in veteran side of it, but I think on the active duty military side as well, to where we can start talking with with leadership to see what can we do, what can we, uh, and actually to address the issues that we've got on base on a lot of these on on base with the suicide there. So uh, that is going to be my priority. Um, I think one of the other things that I've got is the Afghan medals, uh, medallions. Um, if you were listening last, at the end of last session, uh, my, uh, my Afghan, um, medallion bill was on the floor. Uh, I was standing up to present it and they came to me and said, we're going to, um, have Brad Hudson, uh, actually we're going to change your bill. We're going to change the, the title of your bill. So they hijacked my bill. Um, and, uh, that was because of, uh, a senator over on that wanted a personal property tax um, thing done. So, um, and that that really, um, I was completely taken um, off guard by that. I I, did, I thought it was going to be going to go through. Kind of a slam uh, dunk for sure. The way it, it was, was initially written, right, Dave? Well, I mean, I had uh, two of the three three bills that I had that got that got passed out of the house were passed one hundred fifty three to zero, one fifty six to zero, one fifty four to zero. Totally bipartisan support. And this would have been the same, would have been the same way. And I think even more important than that for those, uh, for those, uh, that fought in Afghanistan, uh, all the campaigns that we've had from going back to World War One, uh, each one of those have had, uh, have their own medallion that they could be issued. And 
it's only, it's only right and fair and the, and the right thing to do to, to get these, uh, get those that served in Afghanistan and get them their medallion. So, um, this, that's going to be a priority as well to get that, to get that one done. And I think that, um, I, I think I've got a good feeling about it. So, State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Calls, comments, questions, 874-9390 for guests. Straight ahead, the daily D.C. rundown, unfortunately without Stephanie Bell. But the new Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, man, casting down the gauntlet and ready to get to work. When we come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Their words are their responsibility. What you think, that's on you. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm John Marsh, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today. Time for the Daily D.C. Rundown. Stephanie Bell taking a day off. But boy, oh boy, sounds like Speaker of the U.S. House Mike Johnson hitting the ground running and is warning that the House and the Senate could be at an impasse on government funding. He says if the Democrat-controlled chamber tries to force the House GOP into bringing a dense, multi-subject spending bill to the House floor. Say it isn't so. They said they've sent appropriation bills over to the Senate. They've done nothing with them. Ultimately, we're going to be in a conference committee working out final agreements and all these things, but are hopeful that the Senate will do their job. He talked to Fox Digital the other day. House passed five of the 12 individual spending bills that together fund the government for the next fiscal year. I thought it was interesting, Dave, that they they termed combining several of the bills into something that you can relate to. That's what they called, instead of calling it an omnibus bill, their line was a minibus bill. <laughs> Whatever name you can come up with it, it's all the same. Well, you know, it's so you know, cute, though. Yeah, it's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. You know, We've talked about the parallels, too, so many times between the bumping of heads in Congress and the things you've gone through in the last couple of sessions, Missouri House versus Missouri Senate here in Jefferson City. And it's uh, it's been kind of ugly, you know, like you just talked about with your with your Afghan medals bill. Well, I think that one of the things that I, that I see different is that the House of Representatives here, uh, we, we can really get things done. And we do have some uh, bipartisan bills that... Uh, we don't we disagree on, but we have a lot that we do agree on. And I think that's where it, di- it differs when we get over to the Senate. Um, it, I think maybe because they're smaller, there's 34 of them, there's 100, 163 of us. Um, you would think it would be the reverse, but it actually um, works conversely to that. So, But I'm glad to see the uh, the Speaker uh, of the House in, in D.C. is uh, laying down the gauntlet, as you said. I think that uh, he's showing them who's in charge and... Uh, this is what's going to happen when it comes over here, and um, and it's kind of a wait-and-see thing. Well, it was interesting. We talked to uh, Congressman Mark Alford the other day and asked Mark point blank. He said, you know, the the speaker historically travels all over, you know, when they when they have some slack time and all. We said, hey, Mark, what's the, what's the chance of maybe getting the new House speaker to come to your district here in Missouri? Um, that would be great, and I think he would um, – 
he was kind of one, the one that uh, was kind of was off the radar for a lot of us. Big time. Um, and I think that uh, the more that we are able to see of him and see the kind of person he is, I mean, um, I mean that's the kind of person that we need um, in politics. He he's got some very measured responses and all, and he also is you know he he wears his he wears his beliefs on a sleeve. Once once we kind of got to know him, I think I don't think there was any great secrecy about where he was coming from. No, I think one of the first pictures I saw on the on the internet after he um, after he was sworn in was uh, he was kneeling in prayer with a number of other um, congressmen that were there, and I think that that speaks volumes as to who he is and kind of where his priorities are. Um, and I'm interested to see how uh, what what he's going to be able to do. Yeah, it's interesting to the way the whole thing shook out. I think people were starting to wonder after the, what was it three votes finally that took to get him in. Were we on another path of the the McCarthy and the fifteen number? Well, I think we all we all thought that Jordan was was a shoe in. Um, so at least I think we thought he was going to be able to do it. Um, those are well known names and. For, for us to have Mike Johnson, and I think everybody's kind of scratching their head and saying, um, who's he? But he comes from Louisiana, and uh, a lot of good things happen in Louisiana, I can tell you for sure. Gumbo is one of them. So That was Mark Alford's yeah, uh, I heard that. That sound bite that, that we used from Mark Alford. He said, look, the speaker was like the roux <laughs> in a good gumbo and kind of kind of blending things all together. State yep. Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, and we understand a reveal from Dave when we come back this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. News, analysis, and opinion free of charge from Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Wake up mid-Missouri. I'm John Marsh, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. Producer Hannah Brian Hausworth in with us. Stephanie Bell out today. And State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today. Dave, thanks for joining in. We well, thank you for having me here. And you have an announcement to make. I do. I um, I think it's uh, appropriate, and I really want to do it on this show, because I think when I first uh, announced I was going to run, I did it on, on this show as well. So um, I'm going to my, run for my last term. Um, uh, come no, next, next November, um, I, they, for the last five years that I've, uh, I've been in the house, I've gotten 15 bills passed. Uh, the governor saw to, to veto two of them. So I've got 13 bills on my wall and, uh, and most of those are related to veterans. And I think that, um, in the time that I've been there, uh, I've been the veterans chair for four of those five years. I was the vice chair the first year, uh, when, um, I, I took over, um, and became, became the chair and actually, actually was the first freshman to chair a standing committee. And so I've been, had a lot of pride in, in, in that and seeing the bills that go through my, my committee. Um, I'm also the vice chair of rules administrative oversight. Um, I'm on the administration and accounts uh, committee. I serve on the governor's, uh, task force for substance abuse. Um, I was recently, um, commissioner, a commissioner on the Missouri Veterans Commission. Uh, as well as a board of, on the board of trustees for Missouri Consolidated Health Plan. So, um, I 
I've gotten a lot, I think I've gotten a lot done in the time that I've been there. I still have some some work to do, um, and I want to finish out my 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 term, and I'll terminate it out. Uh, when I do that, um, we're going to ride off in the sunset somewhere and uh, play some golf and play a little golf and do a little <laughs> fishing. So, well, you know, it's one of those things that I think we brought it up with you so many times. We talked to you since you uh, joined joined the House of Representatives, Dave. That. But as I alluded to earlier about sometimes veterans issues being a tough sell, we've got people like uh, retired command sergeant major of the Missouri National Guard, Jim Schulte, who's a mid-Missouri state lawmaker and several other folks over there who are who are veterans and all. And I know you've, you've said when we've talked to you about that, it's not so much a tough sell as it is. Uh, an informational sell to to the individuals who may be away from veterans issues and never had to deal with it on a personal or family basis. And I think that I think that's very true. And I think one of the things I've tried to do as the chairman of the Veterans Committee is to make each one of my committee hearings informative for not only the members of, of, of my committee, and I have 14 members on my uh, on my committee, but also for um, for those that are in the audience. Uh, those are live streams. So you can go on and you can watch those. But we have a lot, I have a guest that comes in for every one of my hearings. And those one of those guests um Paul Kirchhoff always is one of my guests at the very beginning to let him, kind of let him know what's going on with the Missouri Veterans Commission. But I had canines on the front line in. Um, I had welcome home in that uh, the homeless folks from uh, from Columbia come in. So I've, I've tried to educate uh, my members on my committee as to uh, resources that are available out there around the state of Missouri and what can what they can do when they go back and that they can talk to the veterans back in their in their respective districts and. Um, we translate that when, when the bill gets on the floor of the House to really educating the, uh, the other members of the House as to what can be done. And I've been very blessed uh, to be able to, to share that with them. And I think the response has been uh, pretty unanimous. And when I get, when you get bills, and there aren't very many bills that get past a 156 to zero uh, or 154 to zero. And that's because of the relationships that uh, I've been able to build over the last five years. Uh, not only with my colleagues in the Republican side, but those on the Democrat side. Um, I can tell you that when I had my heart attack in 2019, um, I had as many um, phone calls and texts and, and emails from my Democrat colleagues as I did from my Republican colleagues. And I think a lot of that goes back to um, the freshman tour we had. For two weeks, we spent two weeks on a bus and uh, we have, we're riding with, you're sitting side by side with Democrats, Republicans, and so you have a chance to talk. And you have to find out that, you know, on policy-wise, we probably are not going to agree on a lot, but we can agree to uh, to disagree, but also agree to be to, to be friends. And I, I think that that's one of the things that uh, Glenn Kochmeyer told us when we first be, uh, first began. He said, you're going to make friendships on this floor. They're going to be friendships for life. And that truly is right. I mean, I have a, a lot of the my colleagues that um, that have turned out. Um, Dave Munsell's a real good example. Dave Munsell's from uh, over in Cooper County. And Dave and I, have been, I've been to his place hunting before. Um, we were on our way to see my daughter when they were having all the issues on the, the bridge and drove by his house and called him. And uh, those are kind of relationships that you build. Um, they're they're life-lasting. So I've enjoyed my time there, and I look forward to uh, one more election in uh, hope to be successful in that. State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host this morning. 
joining us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Dave, I guess from the standpoint of people from the outside looking in at veterans' issues would say, well, those are probably an easy sell. When we start doing fiscal notes on things, nothing becomes an easy sell, does it? No, and that's probably one of the first things I look at is what's it going to cost? And um, what's going to be the price tag on it? And if it's going to be that, then we're going to have detractors that come come forward and those that are going to say, you know, it costs too much. Um, I've got, I got really one response is I, I really don't care. I mean, there's some things that need to be done that we got to spend some money on. And, um, I could, I think I could do a good job of selling that. Uh, there are some that uh, if, it, if the fiscal load is too high, then I, I, I go back and talk with the analysts to figure out why it's that high. And for many of them, um, like the HJRs, the ones that the, the, where we're changing the constitution, um, those, the, those generally always have a, a high fiscal note of like $10 million. And the reason for that is if the governor would have to have to call a special vote, a special election, then that's going to drive the cost up. Uh, quite frankly, he's not going to do that. And so those, and those are easy to, to, uh, easy hurdles to jump because I could talk and uh, talk that down. But, uh, there are a couple of HJRs that I've got that I'm going to file this year again, uh, that I filed last year. Um, one is they are going to change the constitution where we take the, the lottery money, um, and divide that in half, half of it goes to education, half of it goes to the Missouri Veterans Commission. Last year I was a little aggressive, uh, in that I wanted to go 50, 50. Um, I'm going to round numbers up here, but the year before the lottery turned over $400 million to general revenue, uh, that went to education and if we use that same formula that would have given the Missouri Veterans Commission $200 million. John, that would have made them whole. It would have given, it solved every problem that they had. Especially the homes. Yep, especially in the homes. Um, and, but I, I called the, uh, the director of the Missouri Lottery, and he and I had a really good conversation. He lives in Wardsville, and he and I had a re- really, really good conversation. And unlike a lot of directors, he gave me some advice. He said, you know, why don't you dial that back from 50% to 10 to 15%. If we go back to even 10%, that's going to be $50 million that would go to the Missouri Veterans Commission. That's the magic number. $50 million is what they need. And so I think that uh, if we can get that done, um, it uh, it got a hearing, but it never made it to the floor. Um, and really not very many HJRs made it to the floor last year. And conversation I'm going to have with the speaker, I've already had that conversation with the floor, uh, floor leader to uh, try and move that bill along. Um, and I think that uh, I think this year uh, we can uh, we can make that happen. State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today on Wake Up in Missouri. I'm John Marsh. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. Text calls. Let us know what you'd like to uh, to talk about with us this morning on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Dave, I think for a lot of folks out there, and we've talked to heck former director Hal Dooley so many times about uh, the Missouri Veterans Commission. I think for the general public, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, even those at the state house, there's some confusion over just what the Missouri Veterans Commission is. I think a lot of folks out there confuse it inappropriately with with the veterans administration from the feds and these are two completely different entities aren't they they are and really the missouri veterans commission oversees the the veterans homes we've got in the state as well as the missouri cemeteries we've got in the state and one thing that i uh, am going to do differently as a commissioner um and i think one problem one yeah problem but i think one issue that we've had is communication 
of letting the House know, letting my my committee, uh, Veterans Committee know, kind of what the Missouri Veterans Commission is doing. Um, those are live streamed. You can uh, go there with me quarterly, um, so you can you could find out what's going on. But um, I want to try to do a better job of informing uh, the, the chamber, our, our chamber, as well as the and their representatives on the Senate side as well. Uh, Senator uh, C. Roberts is one of their representatives, and, and Senator Bratton and uh, Robbie Sauls is my uh, colleague on, on the House side. And I think we're going to try to do a better job of, of letting the House and Senate know what the Missouri Veterans Commission is doing, um, why I feel like that they need to be a line item in the budget. Um, we were back in the 90s and 94. Um, Governor Carnahan uh, took a lot of the money we had in the Missouri Vet- Veterans Commission uh, Foundation and used it for the No Child Left Behind initiative. And there was a promise that was made then, John, that um, I'm going to pay your money back. We're going to get that money back to you. Uh, that promise was never fulfilled. So we've been waiting since 94 um, for that to happen, and we've waited too long. Um, I can tell you that uh, Cody Smith knows that every time I come into his office um, that I've got uh, three things I want to talk to him about. The first is veterans. The second is Lincoln University. And the third is a line item for the Missouri Veterans Commission uh, in the budget. Um, $50 million is not a large amount in the grand scheme of things. This is what our budget looks like. Um, I'm going to speak, be speaking with the governor's office to see if we can get that put uh, in his budget um, and really move down the road. State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Dave, you alluded to Lincoln University and also some questions and some allegations leveled at Missouri's House Speaker. Maybe we talk about that a little bit when we okay. come, come back sure. on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your text. Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. Stephanie Bell out today. I'm John Marsh, along with producer Hannah and Brian Owsworth. State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest host, guest co-host all morning long. Griff, talk to us on your take. Uh, allegations leveled from a couple of different directions against Speaker Dean Plocker, who said in no uncertain terms, even there were some on both sides of the aisle calling for him to step down he says he's he's in it for the long haul your take on all this where are we at with it well i can tell you that uh speaker parker called me um we had a about a half an hour uh, long conversation and he explained to me um kind of what happened um i think for a lot of people they need to understand that uh with the ethics commission when you file your report uh, your quarterly report there's a, a way you can go back and you can, you can amend your report after you find that uh, you made some mistakes or you there were money monies that you received that you didn't um, report or expenses you had that you didn't uh, report as well, so you can make those changes. And he explained to me that he, he found those errors and he corrected them. Um, uh, one thing that I, uh, one takeaway that I have from this, John, is that uh, I think that there are procedures in place that look, if, if there's wrongdoing that's been done, there are ways that we can look into that without having to be tried in the press. And I think that that's one thing that I would like to see uh, I would like to have seen happen. Um, I know he came out at a, an interview with uh, on uh, Missouri Times, uh, pretty lengthy interview there. But I uh, 
from my personal perspective, um, I've known uh, Dean Plunker for five years. Uh, Dean has always been a man of honesty with me. Uh, he's been a man of integrity with me. Um, and I had no reason not to, not to believe him. And that's kind of the way that I, kind of my philosophy and the way that I deal with things. For people that I deal with, uh, until I find out that they're not telling me the truth, or I find out that they, uh, they're not telling all the truth, then um, I have a tendency to believe them and have faith in them. And I know we had the ethics commission, ethics committee that met um, last week, and they met um, at, at length. Uh, they talked about personnel issues. Uh, their hearing that they had uh, will be made public. I mean, it's not something that goes it goes on behind closed doors while it's happening, but it will also be, be a part of the record um, when we go back into session. So um, we'll find out what they're what they're uh, what they found if they're going to have another meeting as to what's going on. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, we're looking at, um, at what what Speaker Plocker did, and the outcome of that will determine um, kind of his next steps. I think. Well, you know, and I think the the media. All of us included are, you know, can be guilty at times of trying people in the court of public opinion. Well, I think that's what happened. I think that um, uh, the one newspaper that really went after him and has gone after him, um, it, uh, I think it's unfair to a certain degree because only one side is being heard. And um, he responded to them uh, kind of abruptly. Um but I think what he did uh, on Scott Vaughn's show, I think, was uh, he really went into, into a lot of depth as to how it happened and uh, what he's trying to do to correct that. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see. It is one of those challenging things out there. And, and, and campaign finance laws and campaign spending, it's not really cut and dried. For those of us who've covered it for years, it's like, wow, you know, I, I wouldn't want to work for the Ethics Commission trying to manage that whole side of it. Well, and I think I personally I take it very seriously. And when I've done when I've done do my my reports, like I try to keep very accurate reports as to the amount of money that has been donated to me. I try to keep very accurate reports as to my expenses that I have, um, and and make sure that all those are are being reported. Um, and I think for the most part, I think a lot of my colleagues do. I think there's a bad rap uh, about politicians trying to graft and and, and getting rich uh, by being a politician. Uh, and being in the House of Representatives, um, that's, that's not the case. Um, people call it a, a part-time job. Um, believe me, it's, it, um, follow me. Just follow me around for a week, and you'll find out it's not a it's not a part-time job. Well, we've seen the you know over the years, over the decades, the negative press that's come out, especially surrounding the Missouri Speaker's office and people stepping down for all sorts of varied reasons and all and unfortunately i think in a public mindset that kind of carries on well what's what's this guy up to well there's i think no matter where you are there's going to be drama and we certainly have uh, drama in the house from from time to time um in the time that i've been there we've we've censured um one member we kicked one member out um so i mean there's a lot that's happened um in the five years that i've been there um but i uh I think for the most part, uh, the colleagues that I've got on the floor um, are men and women of integrity. And I think that uh, we, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. I think with a lot of the laws that have been uh, come out, um, we're, we, we have to. And so I think we try to do that. 
State Representative Dave Griffith, our guest co-host today. I'm John Marsh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Cole County Presiding Commissioner Sam Bushman in with us after the break. Maybe talk to Sam a little bit about where they're at with their ARPA money. We got Boone County's input on that. When we come back this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Now I tell you plainly, baby, what I'm going to do. 